This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Welcome to another award-winning edition of The Adam Ritz Show. Um, According to my mother, this is the best public affairs show on the air in America. My name is Adam Ritz, and Jay Baker is with me. Jay, uh, you would agree with my mom, wouldn't you? Your mom is so insightful. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I often come to her for recommendations on movies, Broadway shows, anything of uh, you know popular. Uh, she she has a good finger on the pulse, as she, I like to say. She does. Uh, I've learned from her, and um, the skill set that she has uh, instilled in me uh, will be on display over the next 28 minutes or so. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, I found an organization, Jay. I, I really like this. Um, you know I'm into beaches and uh, just sort of the boating lifestyle. Even though I don't have a boat, uh, in my head I own a boat. And I love that uh, summertime lifestyle. And I uh, was looking at an organization near um, the beaches of Lake Michigan, and they have partnered with a a group called Leave No Trace. And uh, this was just in my personal life. I was floating around Facebook. I I came across this organization, Leave No Trace, and I want to talk about it here to start the show. Um, It's all about conservatorship conservatorship how do you say that conservatorship i bet conservatorship uh and you know that's pretty popular now with being green and um climate uh you know concerns and uh, cleaning up after yourself in the environment uh this organization is all about uh leaving no trace when you're in nature so uh, you think of the guy that maybe has a, a granola bar as he's on a hike, and maybe he d- doesn't exactly take the wrapper and throw it on the ground or into a river, but if he doesn't dispose of it properly, if he just sort of shoves it in a mesh pocket of his backpack, uh, by the time he makes his next stop, that that wrapper could have uh, fallen out of the mesh pocket and uh, done a little damage to the environment. So it's a great uh, name. I, I love the name of this organization, Leave No Trace, because it tells you exactly what they're thinking and what they're promoting. Um, the website is LNT, for Leave No Trace, LNT.org. And uh, here's something, I guess, a little synopsis of, of what they're all about. Uh, and I find this pretty fascinating that right out of the gate, they, they admit that it's impossible to leave absolutely no trace of your visit when you go to the outdoors. Like if you think about a, you know, a footprint, you're going to leave some right. sort of evidence behind that you were there. So uh, impossible to leave absolutely no trace of your visit to the outdoors. However, uh, they've set the bar high in terms of their values and outdoor ethics. Leave no trace is not intended to be taken literally. Rather, it's a philosophy that guides us while we enjoy any outdoor pursuit. Um, if you've enjoyed outdoor pursuits, uh, you want to minimize the unavoidable impacts that you as a human have on, on uh, nature. For example, the, the footprints, you know, trampling, erosion. Uh, they advise that you 
stick to solid ground. You know, when you get off on a trail, if you want to get off the trail and all of a sudden you're in some soft territory, that's where you could cause some damage too in nature. Uh, and then when you're talking about waste and uh, properly storing food and all the other things that go along with uh, being out in the in the wild, you want to prevent those avoidable impacts as well. Uh, properly storing food and trash from animals, sticking to the durable ground that we just mentioned, keeping human and other waste out of water sources especially. Uh, it goes a long way towards protecting the places we enjoy uh, from the recreational impacts of, uh, of the human uh, the human touch. So leave no trace, Jay, especially you know when I think about a beach, uh, it really gets my it, it, I, I get incensed when a couple next to me lays out their blanket, spends all day on the beach, and then they leave their trash behind. Yeah. Uh, even if it's just a bag of fast food wrappers, you know, and if they have been drinking all day and maybe they're, you know, by, by sunset, they're, they're half sloshed and they don't realize what they're doing. Uh, it does make an impact and it, and it makes your neighbors mad. And now I have to go clean up after them. So clean up after yourself on the beach, uh, leave no trace, uh, when you're out in the wild, stick to the solid ground, uh, be mindful of your human and, uh, food waste, uh, especially near a water source. Uh, and again, we'll put a link to their website on our website, adamritzshow.com. Uh, or if you just want to head straight to their site, it's lnt.org. All right, I'm uh, going to head to the beach uh, next week, Jay, as a matter of fact. So I'm glad I, I got a, a chance to be exposed to this group uh, because now it's more top of mind for me when I'm on the beach next week. Yeah, and make sure you use uh, the proper sunscreen so that you don't provide uh, a visual uh, deterrent to those around you enjoying the beach when you look like Lobster Man. <laughs> yeah, or uh, the opposite. If you're just so pale, you look like a ghost. Uh, go ahead and put a T-shirt on. In fact, <laughs> yeah, I, please do. I think uh, there'll be several people telling me to put a T-shirt on. Uh, and Absolutely. That has, and it has nothing to do with the environment. <laughs> <laughs> Leave no trace. You know I'm talking to you. Oh. Yeah, with, with Adam on the beach, it's just leave. <laughs> <laughs> just get out of here. Oh, that's funny. You remember our famous story where we talked about Ryan Lochte, a, an Olympic athlete that had scored a number of medals through his swimming career and how he was one of those guys that, you know, people would kind of shake their head a little bit because he'd tend to win an event and just give the medals away. Well, remember he announced that he was going to be auctioning off six of his 12 Olympic medals. Yeah, I remember that story. And all the proceeds are going to the Jorge Nation Foundation which raises funds to send seriously ill children on their dream vacations. Well, the figures are in. The medals alone brought in a gross total of $166,000. That is fantastic. That is so cool. And he had some additional items as well, including a Breitling watch and a ring. The items fetched a grand total of over $195,000, the proceeds of which go to the Jorge Foundation. So I think it's great. I always love to tip my hat to athletes who use their celebrity and their accomplishments 
to help those around them. And I'm glad you did the update because I, I do recall this story about three, four weeks ago. And uh, sometimes we cover stories and uh, auctions or fundraisers. And then uh, it is nice to know how it turned out. And sometimes, you know, even with the smallest fundraiser, you could raise $1,200. And that's still an amazing feat to raise $1,200 for any organization. But when the numbers are that high, um, it's even more impressive, obviously. $166,000 for his Olympic medals. And you're saying upwards of 190000 for all the things that were auctioned. Yeah, he had some additional items that he uh, tossed into the auction. And you and I were kidding just a little bit, you know, how much might it be? But there is a uh, increased interest in acquiring uh, these medals because they are, you know, they are a one of a kind accomplishment. And obviously people want to get a little piece of that celebrity. So why not use it to uh, create something for the greater good? Yeah. If you don't have 10 hours a day to train for 20 years, that's mm-hmm. this might be the only way you're going to get an Olympic medal. Yeah, if you don't become one with chlorine and do nothing but train, uh, this is the closest you're going to get, absolutely. Although I don't know if I'm going to get close to $166,000 either. So I I might be out of luck on on both ends of the spectrum. Uh, Hey, here's another impressive total. Uh, You know, we've talked a little bit on this show about how incredibly popular college football is And one of my favorite coaches is Coach Nick Saban of Alabama football fame. And I know that you've had the good. No, I'm not familiar with him uh, or or Alabama. You've never heard of this Uh, man? Alabama has a, they have a football team? uh, I'm not familiar. Yeah, they just started, just within the last couple of years, they've decided to form up a team. (laughs) When they heard they only needed 11 players at any given moment, they said, we might have enough here at the university. No, yeah, Nick Saban, just an amazing uh, person. Uh, I have had a chance to meet him, and uh, he's done a lot of great, great works, both uh, you know, on and off the field. Yeah, he he's actually quite impressive. Uh, some of his off-field stuff, and some of it is purely anonymous of helping people in the community that have special needs. And Nick has uh, done uh, the anonymous donation thing, but one of his. Uh, kind of visible charities is Nick's kid Nick's kids foundation and just presented checks totaling more than $572,000 to nonprofit organizations they had a lunch at the Bryant Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa on August the 3rd and uh, great picture you know you could imagine you're a kid hanging out with coach Nick Saban that's pretty cool that, that is so cool. That, that is an amazing – I mean, these numbers keep getting bigger. $570,000? That's – I mean, we're inching towards a million bucks here. It's impressive. Nick's Kids Foundation was formed by Nick and his beautiful wife, Terry. They arrived in Tuscaloosa in 2007, and since that time, the foundation has given away nearly $11 million dollars to charities and organizations throughout the state of Alabama. That is a, an amazing yeah, wow. number. I, um, I know people grumble about the numbers that these coaches get paid, but when they can engage with the 
community like that, you you got to cut him a little bit of slack. Come on. You really do. $11 million uh, over the course of his uh, tenure at Alabama. That's, uh, that's a great accomplishment uh, for him and that program. Uh, and it's great for, uh, to, like you said, to remind people that these um, high-end, high-profile celebrities uh, actually do some good work. You know, they're not just in it for themselves. Uh, I, I know uh, I, I would like to reach out to somebody with the program, and maybe you and I can head down to Tuscaloosa and, and do another follow-up story, so to speak. Uh, maybe be there for the 2023 presentation and cover that for the show here. Absolutely. As a big Alabama fan, I feel like I can combine my personal interests with that of philanthropy. And I might be able to poach uh, a few of the better players for Purdue. Uh, I'm a big Purdue supporter. Yes, and, good good chance. Know. Well, and Purdue is going to be facing more competition as the Big Ten expands. They've added two West Coast teams. You and I haven't really talked about this, but the Big Ten expanded to UCLA and USC. Two of the key programs from the Pac-12 will be joining the Big Ten competitively here in the next couple of seasons. So Purdue may need some of those star players. We we need something. And uh, Alabama has a whole lot of talent. You know, they're not going to miss one All-American no. wide receiver. Come on. Are can't that kid me? just travel up to Purdue? Come we on. call it. We call it trying to convince him to play. Other people's call other people call it kidnapping. But you know, it's such a fine line. It's <laughs> those are just words, aren't they? they Can are. you imagine the poor guy wakes up in West Lafayette and goes, Where am I? And you just go, Look, here's here's a here's a subway card. Uh you know, get yourself some sandwiches, blend in with the university, and here's where the football stadium is. Yeah, and don't worry about uh, the spring football program when you're walking to the, to the uh, football facility and it's 28 degrees outside in early March. Don't worry about yeah, that. Just um, put that away. Would you rather go to USC, UCLA, Alabama, uh, you know, Florida, Florida State? You've got some wonderful weather in the cold months, uh, or do you head up to Michigan or Notre Dame or Purdue or Wisconsin? How about Minnesota with their outdoor stadium? I don't know how they get any kids at all ever to go play football no. there. There are some hard-nosed kids that play for Minnesota, and as you said, they made the uh, decision to go to outdoor stadium. Uh, I would have made the opposite one <laughs> to me. A stadium with seat warmers at each seat and a big roof would have been the way I would have gone. Because, as you said, that is some real weather. You know, we're we're way fall. we're way off topic here. But since we're <laughs> talking about football, did you see the reports of uh, the renovations they're uh, attempting to at least introduce at Soldier Field in Chicago? They're talking about putting a dome on it. Yeah, there's been some discussion because. Uh, there's some very real fear uh, that Chicago will leave Soldier Field. The Chicago Bears will leave Soldier Field. And you probably know they revamped that facility pretty heavily about 15 to 18 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and it's just expensive sometimes to keep your football team. Uh, but you're right. They're talking about adding a dome because uh, Soldier Field is another stadium where midwinter – 
you know, let's face it, the NFL season, it's not the fall. It heads into the winter. Oh, yeah. And winners in Chicago, I'm sorry, brutal, just sort of scratches the surface. There's, I can't think of anything worse than, uh, than playing a three-hour game outdoors next to the lake in Chicago in uh. late December. Come, forget it. Put oh, put the I dome know. on or trade me to Miami. <laughs> um, all right, back on topic. We're talking public affairs. Okay, let's get and back, we're on back on topic. Happy fo- back on topic. You can, you can tell we're football fans. Uh, football's right around the corner. We can smell it. We can taste it. We'll have oh. some uh, football charities for sure to talk about uh, in the cu- upcoming months. In fact, uh, to tease it, I'm going to have a chance to uh, speak with Dallas Clark, who was uh, all pro tight end. Uh, played most recently for the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. He was a standout, standout at uh, the University of Iowa. Uh, I'm going to have a chance to interview him here in the next few weeks about his charity and the half Ironman that he is going to compete in to raise money for uh, a, children, a children's hospital. So there's your, uh, as we circle back to public affairs connected to football, we can look forward to that conversation downriver. I cannot wait. You know, I've always told you that you and I need to work on our hipness factor. Uh, You pointed (laughs) out that I'm especially less hip than most normal human beings, and I'll cop to that, of course. Uh, But uh, (laughs) we, we had talked about Twitch the online gaming platform and how they had created a uh, charity function that allowed individuals to host more for charity events. And sometimes you think, well, you know, it's just gaming. How exciting could it be? But this is fascinating to me. Post Malone, who is definitely hip and Twitch raised a total of $196,000 from his series called Gaming for Love, Charity Streams on Twitch. And then he capped that off by donating $40,000 of his own money. Is that forty grand included in the one ninety six? No. On it top was of one ninety six plus his check on top. That is, uh, and I didn't know he was such a video game guy. Yeah, he apparently loves video games had been involved with the Twitch community. And, you know, these are real charities. In fact, it was a four-night event. The first night they played for Human Rights Watch, Project Hope on the second night, United Way on the third, and they played for the Trevor Project on the fourth night. And the fourth night was a 60-person tournament on a private server. And that alone generated $76,000 in one evening. This is amazing. Uh, Absolutely. That's what I'm telling you about our hypnosis factor. We need to get into the gaming world. I don't uh, (laughs) – my gosh, they could could do this uh, on a daily basis and just raise millions upon millions of dollars. If if people are – you know that's the other thing. If you, if you're uh, Generation X or older right now, listening to the show, maybe you don't quite realize how big video game watching has become. I mean, there yeah. are there are video games streaming on YouTube where people tune in that aren't even playing the game that want to just watch it the way you and I would watch uh, an Alabama football game. Yeah. It's a, it's a no, competitive sport to them. It's e-sport. It's electronic sports. Uh, it's a huge, yeah. huge business. It's so great yeah. to know that something that big is also 
uh, affecting the world of charity and foundation in a big way, too. Well, it is, too, and it's a good combination of a great name, Post Malone, who I think is well-known in the entertainment world and then the Twitch community. By the way, fans can still contribute. The streams are now uploaded to Post's brand-new YouTube gaming account called Gaming for Love, and the donation buttons are on their on screen. And um, the United Way, who else benefited from this? Uh, this was Project Hope, the Human Rights Watch, United Way, and the Trevor Project. Okay, that is uh, pretty awesome. You know, when I hear the, the name Post Malone, I always think uh, it's something that you would want to do to Carl Malone when you want to take him down low. Yes, you know you, that's funny you said that because it's such a great old basketball term. You yeah, know? you got to post him up. What do you want to do? You want to post Malone or you want to take him outside? <laughs> and I always loved Carl Malone, the basketball player, because he was known as the postman. He was the postman. Yeah, <laughs> he was and the it, postman. And it, they didn't it evolve just into the mailman. They just called him the mailman because he always delivered. Oh, yes. I mean, he was tremendous. I had a chance to be the substitute announcer for a couple of Indiana Pacers games. And when the defending players check in at the bench, believe it or not, the people that work at the basketball arena are as starstruck as any of us. And I remember when Carl Malone came down and I was like, I I couldn't even speak for about 30 seconds because it's like the star power, you know? I want to... I, let's do this, Jay. I, I'm going to challenge you right now. We're going to have a uh, a one-on-one tournament for charity, and it's going to be Post Malone against Carl Malone, and it's going to be called <laughs> the Post Malone Posts Malone one-on-one tournament. What do you think? I think it's uh, it's a can't miss proposition. If you know, if Post Malone takes Carl Malone down low on the post, then he'd be posting Malone. Post Malone, Post Malone. (laughs) It's an event within an event. Uh, And if it doesn't raise, you know, at least $236,000, then then we failed. Because that's what they just raised with this Twitch Post Malone video game charity. That's awesome. Impressive. This is something that's interesting. Perhaps timely for you, you're going to take a little time off. The Florida Attorney General issued an official consumer alert warning tourists across the country to watch out for vacation rental scams and specifically the reason why this emanated from florida is florida specifically is probably the primary vacation spot for many people according to the fbi scammers are stealing money on short-term and long-term rental scams data shows that eleven thousand five hundred people reported losing more than $350 million due to these types of scams last year, which is a 64% increase from the previous year. So what that says is tourism is returning, but it is fraught with the potential to uh, be defrauded. And over $350 million is a significant amount of money. You know, when you talk about technology and how easy it is now to accomplish things online, even if you're just, you know, getting a reservation at a restaurant, you don't call 
and talk to a human being anymore. You just get on your phone and go to Open Table or one of these other apps, and you just put in the time you want in the table, and, you, and you're done. Uh, that kind of ease and convenience that slips over into you booking a vacation, you know, you just click a couple buttons, attach your credit card to it, you think you're done, you think you have a vacation, then you find out uh, that you've been scammed. That is uh, a little heartbreaking if you think about the families that maybe can only afford a vacation maybe once ever or, you know, certainly not every year. And to find out the hard-earned money uh, that you sank into your family vacation uh, is all for naught. I mean, that's that's tough. So great advice, Jay, yeah. to uh, do some research on the uh, quality or credentials of the app or the website you're using to book your vacation. Definitely make some uh, do some due diligence there before you send your credit card number out. Yeah, they say the number one uh, thing to look for is any listing that pr- makes you leave the online platform or website to pay is a major red flag. So we don't need to go into tons of detail, but yes, uh, be aware that this can occur and there are some ways to uh, keep uh, yourself safe from this. One of the other items they said too is pay for a rental with a credit card since it is easier to dispute a fraudulent charge. Very, Yeah, that's very wise. Yes, uh, it, it is a lot easier than using your, you know, your bank card or your debit card. That that's cash, and it could be gone forever. Uh, the credit card, yeah, much you got to be really careful. You know, when you think about scams, the the digital scam era, um, everybody knows about the Nigerian prince, and re- remember those emails that you used to get twenty years ago uh, from oh, the Nigerian sure. prince. I, I can't believe that scammers still use that because I. Now, it wasn't a prince, but I'd say within the last seven months, I did get an email from someone in Nigeria claiming uh, to have $53 million for me if I sent them a check for $1,200. I I just can't believe the scammers haven't gotten word that Americans will not uh, respond (laughs) to anybody from Nigeria, especially if they have $53 million to give you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and I've always wondered why Nigeria does it have different banking laws or something, some type of banking laws that really allow scammers to get in there and really manipulate the public. I mean, I don't know. I we may do a live broadcast from Nigeria, the scam capital of the world, and see if we can actually meet this prince that started the phenomenon. He is probably available for interviews. <laughs> Here's a cool note. I know we don't have a whole lot of time, but the 2022 Dean's Charity Steer Show, which, you know, you say you say to yourself, hey, you're selling cattle, uh, but this is a cattle show that is used to raise money at the Ohio State Fair. They raised more than $240,000 this year for the Ronald McDonald House Charities of central Ohio. By uh, selling cattle? By selling cattle. This is an event that is looked forward to each year at the Ohio State Fair in Columbus, which I'm not mis- if I'm not mistaken, you know, you and I have been in radio for a long time. I believe the Ohio State Fair, I think, is the largest in the nation with a- attendance and size-wise. You know, it's so big, they call it the Ohio State Fair. <laughs> the if I you know I I can't wait for the college season to start, but I do 
uh, get a little chill up and down my spine when I hear that because I think that is really pompous. But that's just me. <laughs> that, that's why most of America cannot stand the people from the Ohio the. State University. <laughs> But yeah, so that's uh, hats off to them. $240,000 for Ronald McDonald House. And that uh, flies uh, compared to the $152,000 they raised last year. You know, it is state fair season. I, I know a lot of southern states have their state fairs uh, in the late fall, but uh, the Midwest and the northern states really take advantage of the weather to have their state fairs uh, right around this time of year. And I have to admit, uh, last week I hit a state fair, and I had two, uh, count them two, elephant ears. Uh, I don't even like elephant ears. I just, I just had one. You and just it was, had to have another. It was one. so good. I had to have another one, even though I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> but, but the, you know, the food is amazing. There's always deep fried this or chocolate oh, fudge yes. that, and uh, you know, we. Um, and have always encouraged people to go to events that uh, support a charity. Well, state fairs are kind of a charity upon themselves. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, 4-H, Future Farmers of America. There's a lot of kids' organizations and educational facilities that need uh, resources and funds and money. Um, So when you do go to a state fair, your admission price, admission ticket, is going for a good cause. So uh, we highly encourage you to... Go out and have one or maybe two elephant ears at a state fair near you. All right. Well, uh, we want to appreciate uh, our listeners and can't thank you enough for tuning in. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous shows, they are in podcast form at this website, adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.